سو ان سولات تنہا ان الفحشائی ہلمنکر تت سولا پروینس اے پرسن فرام انڈیسنٹ ایکشنس فرام امورل ایکشنس فرام امورل ورڈس ان اپروپریٹ ورڈس اینی رانگ ایکشن بیکاز سولا ہیز اے گریٹ امپیکٹ آن اے پرسنس کیریکٹر بیسکلی سولا اٹ بلڈ یور کنیکشن ود اللہ سبحان و تعالی رائٹ اٹ انکریسز یور کنوکشن ان میٹنگ اللہ سبحان و تعالی اٹ ریلی اسٹیبلشز اے اسٹرانگ بانڈ بٹوین دا سروینٹ اینڈ ہز لارڈ اینڈ سو وٹ ایور ایلس دا سروینٹ ڈز ان ہز لائف دین آل آف دیز فیلنگس اور آل آف دیز یو نو گڈ افیکٹس آف سولا دے بگن ٹو ریفلیکٹ ان دا ریسٹ آف دا لائف آلسو جسٹ تھنک اباؤٹ اٹ ان سولا وٹ ڈو یو ڈو یو بینڈ ڈونٹ یو یو بینڈ سو سولا ٹیچز یو دیٹ آؤٹ سائڈ آف سولا آلسو یو ہیو ٹو بینڈ بفور یور Lord, because salah creates humility. It forces you to leave things for the sake of Allah. So it teaches you a very important lesson. You're made to practice this five times a day. In salah, we remember Allah. Isn't it? And then outside of salah also, a person develops the habit of remembering Allah. So basically salah creates taqwa. It creates fear of allah or consciousness of allah consciousness of god in a person's heart and as a result a person is prevented from doing wrong and immoral things in a hadith which is in musnad ahmad we learn that a person came to the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and he said that so and so person he prays in the night and when it is morning he commits theft you know he actually wakes up for tahajjud and then when it's morning he goes and he does such wrong things And the Prophet ﷺ, he said that what he is saying will soon prevent him. Meaning if he actually, this man, if he actually gets up in the night to pray tahajjud, then his salah is going to prevent him from committing theft during the day also. And so it happened. Right? That when you really give importance to your salah, then your salah will force you to stop the wrong things which are still a part of your life. Because salah, it makes sin heavy. It doesn't let you enjoy sin. It doesn't let you enjoy wrong. Because how is it possible that you just pray your salah, you say, Salaamu alaykum wa rahmatullah, Salaamu alaykum wa rahmatullah, Allah akbar, astaghfirullah, astaghfirullah, astaghfirullah. And then you go and you hit somebody. Right? Or you go and you yell at somebody. Or you go and you do something seriously wrong. How is it possible? Not possible. Right? And then how is it possible that you just have a fight with your husband or something and you're very rude with him and then you go and stand before Allah. You know, with khushur? Really? Your heart, your inner voice is going to rebuke you that what kind of a person are you? How could you speak to somebody like that and then you come and stand before your Lord like this? So salah is going to affect a person's character, it's going to affect a person's behavior, it's going to affect a person's relationships, it's definitely going to improve a person's spiritual life. Think about it. Salah, does it let you enjoy halal? Salah, does it let you enjoy halal? Seriously? Have you ever eaten fast because you have to pray? Have you ever done that? Have you ever sipped on your tea like really quickly because you have to go pray? 
Or have you ever left your tea because you have to pray and then when you come back your tea is cold? Has it ever happened? Has it ever happened that you go to the mall and you really want to continue shopping but then you rush out of the mall because you have to pray? Has it ever happened that you're watching you know, a game, everybody's really excited but it's Maghrib time. So you have to turn that off or you have to go somewhere else and pray. You have to stop the game and pray. You have to stop the movie and pray. Have you ever done that? You have. So salah doesn't let you enjoy halal even. Seriously. It doesn't. It teaches you that you prefer salah over what is halal even. And the prime example of sleep. Seriously. You know, when you're sleeping, you're so comfortable. You know that that sweet, sweet sleep that you're enjoying, like when everything's perfect, your bed is perfect, everything's nice, and then, you know, it's time to pray. So is your sleep disturbed because of salah? It is. So salah doesn't let you fully enjoy halal even. Do you think salah is going to let you enjoy haram? Is it going to let a person enjoy haram? No, it won't. And that this is exactly how the sahaba were weaned off of alcohol. Weren't they? Isn't this how the process began? That they were told, don't pray when you are in the state of intoxication. So then what happened? The alcohol consumption, it reduced. Because I have to pray five times a day. I have to pray, I have to pray. So as a result, alcohol completely, you know, got out of their lives. So many people I've actually come across who have told me, that they stopped listening to music very naturally. Very naturally. How? That when Qur'an and Salah became a part of their lives, they didn't need to listen to music. And I see some of you shaking your head. Like, yeah, of course, that's exactly how it is. Right? Then you don't have to, you know, stop yourself very consciously. Your hand doesn't even go for that CD. It doesn't even go for that whatever it is. You're just not interested in it. Because why is it that, that we turn to these things? For a sense of fulfillment. Isn't it? But the Qur'an and Salah bring you such sense of fulfillment that nothing else will. So, إِنَّ الصَّلَاةَ تَنْهَا عَنِ الْفَحْشَاءِ وَالْمُنْكَرِ Once the Prophet ﷺ held two branches of a dried tree. Okay? And what happened? The leaves, they fell. Has this ever happened? These days especially. Right? That you just touch, you know, one branch and you just let it go. You pull it down and you let it go and so many leaves will fall. So, so many leaves fell. And the Prophet ﷺ said, indeed, the Muslim servant performs the prayer, desiring by it Allah's face and the sins fall off from him, just as the leaves fell off from this tree. So, salah, what does it do? It removes previous sins. And it also breaks the habit of the present sins that a person is committing. It breaks the habit. So, إِنَّ الصَّلَاةَ تَنْهَا عَنِ الْفَحْشَاءِ وَالْمُنْكَرِ وَلَا ذِكْرُ اللَّهِ And surely the remembrance of Allah, it is akbar, it is greatest. The remembrance of Allah is greatest. Meaning when a person continues to remember Allah, in the correct way, then what happens? It is the best. وَلَذِكْرُ اللَّهِ 
akbar. Now, what does this mean? Wala dhikrullahi akbar. The dhikr of Allah is indeed very, very great. How? The dhikr of Allah is a protection against, against shaitan. The dhikr of Allah is protection against danger. The dhikr of Allah is protection against disease, whether that may be physical disease or spiritual disease, whatever it may be. It's a protection, it's a shield. Allahi akbar. The dhikr of Allah is a strength when a person feels weak. So over here, we have been advised to engage in the recitation of the book. Huh? Read the book. And then when you're done reading the Qur'an, then you get up and you pray. And then after you're done performing your prayer, then engage in the dhikr of Allah. Keep your tongue moist with Allah's remembrance. Then, will grief overcome you if you do these three things? Will your sadness consume you if you do these three things? Will it? No, it won't. Will you feel broken by what you're going through in your life when you have these three things in your life? Will you think about giving up when you have these three things in your life? You won't have time to feel sad. Seriously. If you give time to tilawa, if you give time to salah, if you give time to dhikr, honestly, I'm telling you, you will not have time to grieve. You will not have time to sit with your sorrows. You will not have time to pity yourself. You won't. And this is the natural way of healing. This is how you heal yourself. Quran, salah, dhikr. You know, recently there was this huge problem that I was, not problem, a very difficult thing that came, that I had to deal with. And generally anything like, you know, I like to discuss the issue with my mother. So instantly I messaged her, Mama, I really need to talk to you. And she said, pray istikhara and then call me. And I'm like, okay. So I did istikhara. And I did istikhara again. And then, you know, of course, the, the whole time went in making dua and many days went. Believe me, I actually discussed this matter with her a week after I messaged her. A whole week went by. And when I spoke to her, when I discussed with her, Alhamdulillah, I was very calm. I had clarity. I knew what I wanted to do, what I didn't want to do. It was so clear. That discussion was so productive. It wasn't like, I'm like, Mama, I'm so worried. I'm so sad. You tell me what to do. I'm so afraid. I'm so confused. No, I wasn't whining. I wasn't crying. She wasn't spending that time telling me, it's okay, it's okay, beta. You'll be fine. No. It was a very productive discussion in which we actually, you know, came to some conclusion. It was very helpful. Why? Because I had done istikhara. I had cried before Allah instead of crying before my mother. I had expressed my fears before Allah before I discussed with my mother. I'm not saying don't talk to your mothers and don't talk to your friends. Talk to them. But who has the greatest right upon you? Who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because who is it that can actually help? Who? Allah. So really, bring Qur'an in your life. Perform the salah properly. And busy yourself in the dhikr of Allah. This is the best healing. This is the best way of dealing with any problem, any challenge, any difficulty that you're facing in your life. 
In Surah Al-Ankabut, we've seen so many different kinds of you know, difficulties that come in a person's way. So any problem you're facing, this is the prescription. This is the prescription that Allah gave to His Messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam, And this is the prescription that we need to benefit from also. وَلَذِكْرُ اللَّهِ أَكْبَرُ Why do you think the Prophet ﷺ, he engaged in the dhikr of Allah at all times? Didn't Aisha radiallahu anha say about him that he used to remember Allah all the time? Everywhere? No matter where he was? Right? The Prophet ﷺ said, the comparison of the one who remembers Allah and the one who doesn't remember Allah is like that of the living and the dead. The one who remembers Allah... He's alive. He's got a life. And the one who doesn't remember Allah is dead, sad, gloomy, depressed, failure. Yes. This is how it is. Dhikr of Allah brings life to you. It gives you motivation. It gives you hope. It gives you protection. It gives you strength. The Qur'an, if you think about it, the recitation of the Qur'an, that is dhikr. Isn't it? Salah. That is also dhikr. And then we're told, وَلَا ذِكْرُ اللَّهِ أَكْبَرُ That outside of Qur'an and salah also, engage in the dhikr of Allah. So how is it that you strengthen yourself? How do you remain firm? How do you remain positive? This is the solution. And also, remember that the dhikr of Allah, it is described as akbar over here. It's greatest. It's greatest also in the sense that it's one of the greatest blessings that a person could be given. The ability to remember Allah. If remembrance of Allah is made easy for a person, then he should really consider himself fortunate. Because remembering Allah and not remembering Allah, they're two completely different ways of living. A person who remembers Allah, he is fortunate. And the person who is deprived from remembering Allah, then he is truly unfortunate. The Prophet ﷺ said, Should I not inform you of the best of your deed and the purest of them with your master? Meaning that deed which is best and purest near Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the highest of them in your ranks and what is better for you than spending gold and silver and better for you than meeting your enemy and striking their necks and they strike your necks. Meaning any great deed that you can think of, this deed is better than that. And the Sahaba said, of course. And the Prophet ﷺ said, the dhikr, the remembrance of Allah. Allahi akbar, Meaning akbar, it's the greatest deed. Because any good deed also, when is it that it has value? What is it that brings value to it? The remembrance of Allah. Like for example, if a person is performing salah, let's say he's just performed 10 rakah, nafil. But that nafil, when he prayed, there was no remembrance of Allah in the heart. Like about the hypocrites we learn in the Qur'an, وَلَا يَذْكُرُونَ اللَّهَ إِلَّا قَلِيلًا right? That they don't remember Allah in the salah, except for very little. Hardly they remember Allah. So that salah, even if it's 10 raka'at, how much reward is it going to bring to a person? As opposed to 2 raka'at that a person is performing, less in quantity, but more dhikr of Allah, isn't that dhikr going to make that 2 raka'at heavier? Isn't it? When it comes to hajj, 
When it comes to hajj even, which kind of hajj is best? That in which there is the most? Dhikr of Allah. When it comes to fasting also, dhikr of Allah. When it comes to recitation of the Qur'an, dhikr of Allah. So, wala dhikrullahi, wala dhikrullahi akbar. You know, sometimes you're just sitting and you're like, I, I need to do something. I need to do something. Because I didn't go anywhere, I didn't drive today, I didn't meet anybody, I've just been home all day, and then you're getting upset with everybody that I didn't get to have fun. You need to do something. What do you need to do? Dhikr of Allah. وَلَا ذِكْرُ اللَّهِ أَكْبَرُ And it's the greatest. Why? Because as long as a person is remembering Allah, the person is being mentioned near Allah. As long as a person is remembering Allah, the more he remembers Allah, the more protection he will have against the fire. In a hadith we learned that Mu'ad bin Jabal radiallahu anhu, he said, there is nothing that brings more salvation from the punishment of Allah than the remembrance of Allah. What is it that protects us most from Allah's punishment? What is the greatest shield against Allah's punishment? Dhikr of Allah. Dhikr is what brings us Allah's mercy. It keeps us enveloped in Allah's mercy. And as long as a person is gifted with rahmah, he is safe. He is safe against his own shar. He is safe against the shar of shaitan, the evil of people also. So, wala dhikrullahi akbar. It's the greatest. Whether you can remember Allah alone, or you can remember Him in a gathering. Whether you remember Him through tasbih, or through tahleel, or through tahmeed, any form of dhikr, on the tongue, and with the heart. وَلَا ذِكْرُ اللَّهِ أَكْبَرُ وَاللَّهُ يَعْلَمُ مَا تَصْنَعُونَ And Allah knows, مَا تَصْنَعُونَ Whatever is it that you do. Meaning no action of yours is hidden from Allah. So fear Allah. And perform your prayers properly. Invest some time in the recitation of the Qur'an. Invest some time in the remembrance of Allah. Anything you'd like to say before we continue? Stand up. As-salamu alaykum. Um, I just want to say that, you know how you gave us uh, three things in order to keep you out of grief? I think if, you, if a person is not used to reading Qur'an, doing dhikr and salah, at regular basis, this become hardest at the time of grief. So if we really want to get used to of coming out of grief, we have to get used to of doing these things on regular basis. And also it's human nature. You know how you said when you were in difficulty, you went to your mom and uh, sister Jamila's friend went to her. It's very important if in the end we go to people, we go to people who connect you back to Allah again. So I was just, you know, thinking about this. Yes, very true. And um, what you said earlier that if you're not in the habit of performing salah, then in times of grief, it's even more difficult. Right? But, you know, when you don't feel like praying, when you don't feel like reciting Qur'an, when you don't feel like doing dhikr, that is when you have to kind of push yourself, force yourself. You have to. It's like taking that very, you know, bitter, horrible tasting medication. You don't want it. It's not fun. But you take it anyway. Why? Because that is what will heal you. 
allow, I mean, uh, our sin will make you stop from praying us. Like uh, the Sahaba, if they're not awake up for tajud, they will be thinking all day what we did wrong today, right? So that's why whenever we are not able to uh, salah properly, they, uh, do the salah the same day, and we have to think, what did I do wrong today? Yes. So we have to seek a suffer, and that will be reminding us, okay, I'm doing something wrong, which is I'm not focusing again what uh, my yes. salah. Yes, very true. That where proper salah will stop a person from sin, too much sin can stop a person from salah also. Okay? Because notice over here it has been said, aqim salah Establish the salah. And for iqamatu salah, Remember that it's not just performing the prayer like just reading it. It's about fulfilling all of the apparent conditions, the lahir conditions, as well as the internal, the batlin conditions. The lahir as in a person has wudu, facing the qibla, you know, hijab, whatever, clothing. And then batlin, the inner matters also should be proper, that a person is paying attention, a person is performing with khushu, he is performing for the sake of Allah. Then this kind of salah will have an impact on a person's life. Right? So anytime, you know, any sin is becoming difficult for you to leave, how do you leave it? Work on your salah. Perfect your salah. Improve your salah. When you will improve your salah, instantly the level of sin will go down. Okay? The more weight you put in, you know, wherever you put more weight, that is what will have more impact in your life. When you pay attention to your salah, salah will affect your life. When you're spending too much time doing wrong things, that will prevent you from salah. So it's a constant effort, basically. Assalamualaikum. I just wanted to share how recitation can affect anybody. I had a supply teacher who was not a Muslim, but she'd heard um, some of the Qur'an and she loved it so much that she was able to memorize it just because she kept on reading the translation. And um, even in class, she started reciting it to me, even though class was going on. That didn't stop her because she was just so moved by the Qur'an. Mm-hmm. That's very true. That just the Arabic even that people don't know about, they have no clue what it is. I don't know if you've seen that video. Right? You know what I'm talking about. I don't want to take the name because you might think that I'm endorsing all of the videos, but there are many videos out there about this, that, you know, random people, you just play the Qur'an in front of them and they're really moved by it. They are very much affected by it. It's like, it's not music, it's not spoken word, what is it? It's very different. Somebody raise their hand over here, go ahead. Uh, for some work and me and my kids were sitting in the inside the car. So, um, you know, there was an alarm was keep on going in over the car, right? Some this car was touched by, and you know, some the alarm was keep on. So I made my kids, you know, get terrified. I said, there's something wrong, right? And take off your seatbelts. Might we have to run, honey? So the three of them, you take off the speed. And you know what my daughter said? She said, Mama, go for zikr. Go, do. You know, so, so I really noticed. I said, then after that, you know, I was make, keep on telling them, there's something wrong. There's something. And the boys were talking about, no, it's not a fire alarm. But, you know, then they really got afraid. But no, Lina, she said, Mama, tell them to do zikr. Yes. Waladhikrullahi akbar. That really when you're feeling afraid, nervous, the zikr of Allah will just calm you. 
One more thing. Other than the spiritual benefits of uh, many benefits of salah, one of the physical benefit is that when you keep your eyes open, I recently read uh, in ruku and sajda, it shrinks your uh, lens and it expands as well so that, you know, um, what do you call it, in muscles in your eyes, it increases and then you, your eyesight is, you know, increasing every day when you do that. You know, sometimes in sajda, I don't know if people keep their eyes open, but it's a sunnah to keep the eyes open. And uh, one of the, you know, yeah. there are many physical benefits as well. Definitely. So, aqim is salah. All right. Recitation. Utlu ma uhiya ilayka min al-kitab wa aqim is salah. Inna salata tanha anil fahshai wal munkar. وَلَذِكْرُ اللَّهِ أَكْبَرُ وَاللَّهُ يَعْلَمُ مَا تَصْنَعُونَ